One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Ewan, and Ewan is coming on the show to share a Yowie attack that happened in a school building when he was a younger child. Ewan, welcome to the show. Good evening, Kate. How are you tonight? I am very excited to talk to you, mate, because it's not very often that my email inbox gets hit with uh, a subject uh, line that kind of goes along the lines of Yowie attack, and uh, my ears pricked up when I saw that, mate. So I had to get you on the on the show, and I need to know what happened here, mate. Can you tell us? What happened in the school building? Well, it happened part when I was a, a young kid. Uh, I was 10, 11 years old, and uh, we're in the evening. Um, we got woken up to a phone call. Now, being at home, I was with my father and our, my other brothers and siblings. Um, now, the phone rang. My mother works down at a school um, just out of Ipswich. Now, this uh, school is... It has like separate building blocks, separate buildings. There were walkways in between. Now, some of these buildings are really long, and this particular building was a D block. Um, now, my mum worked there from between the hours of 7 to 11 at night. Um, so we actually got the call from the attack uh, due to there's four cleaners there in the evening, and my mother cleaned the administration block. And the other ladies had the other three blocks. They were very large. Um, these blocks were uh, separated into two big, large classrooms with the, the staff area and uh, washroom uh, in the middle of both classrooms in the one large block. Um, now, when we got the phone call, mum said to my dad that, look, you've got to come down. Um, Miss, the lady in uh, block D is and hysterics and crying and she's got blood all over her 
um, now, and she's just screaming such things that it was it was black, it was hairy, it was black, and she was in a an, an absolute hysterics. Um, took three ladies to calm her down. Um, when well, my brother, myself, and my father went because we heard dad and it woke us up the phone ringing so late at night. Um, so we went down there. I can distinctly remember going in the front gate and there had a, like a hopper window open on the on the administration block and you could hear this lady screaming so withery and vividly. Um, and then we walked up to the side of the building to the front and knocked on the locked administration door and mum would come out and she stepped outside first and she had bubble over her too. And I started getting a bit worried being a little fella. Um, so I just sort of stepped back a bit and, and you know, let mum and dad talk. But then once we went in, um, yeah, mum went and took dad into the room, told us to stay out in the foyer of the administration area. Um, but then she was in hysterics and she was up and down and she'd walked out of the room. And all I seen was just this massive scratch down her neck over her shoulder, all the blouses torn away, um, down her arm, and this was like serious scratches, nothing that anything in the Australian bush on a typical animal level would would do or could do. And she just kept saying this was black, it was hairy, it was huge. Um, she was in a bad way, yeah. Still, it gets me a bit shaky talking about this again. Um, but uh, it's um, something that when when my dad and my brother went back to the classroom, that when we what we seen there, it just can't explain why anything else was what she was saying would be untrue. Uh, we thought that there's blood spots outside the doorway and then a massive like trail of blood for about as in the gush, the first gush of blood from the scratch. So the, blood, the, the scratch was in initial from the under the jawline down to the top of the elbow. Um, and they were, I could say at least what I could see, you know, uh, four millimetres, five millimetres deep, but really, yeah, deep. So, yeah, and then when we uh, went back to the office, um, by that time my mother, she'd call an ambulance, um, and then it turned up as um, the police turned up later. But, yeah, being so young, um, I think, you know, after a while my dad took us out of there. Um, but, yeah, definitely initially left me really stumped for many, many years over my time. Um, when I was a teenager, I got into oil and gas exploration from there. Um, and I just had a really weird experience out, out in the Australian bush that I couldn't explain to myself. But I put two and two together at an older age with what happened to me with this experience. Um, yeah, so it's uh, something that really rung with me um, and I was interested. I noticed the paper turned up, so I'm, I 
was wondering maybe some one of your listeners out there could possibly look into it in the Queensland Times and Ipswich back around 1983, late 1983 to early 1984, um, before the school period of holidays finished at that time or just after it started in the next year. Uh, so anyway, between that time, um, yeah, they find it. I've had a hard time trying to find the archives to have a look, but I've always wanted to find it. That is an absolutely mind-blowing encounter because I, I don't know where to, where to start on this one, Ewan, because to have... A documented case like this kind of just disappear really, really makes me ask a lot of questions of, I wonder if that's purposely been hidden if you haven't been able to find it. With with something being so prevalent like that, I, I almost wonder if the hospital would have records of the the ambulance call coming in for that. I, I'm not too sure how, how those record keeping um, practices go with, with things like that, but I wonder if there's at least a, a little bit of a paper trail connecting to this type of encounter because the thing that that really blows me away with this is the length of that scratch and the and the position of it because mm-hmm. that's one thing I never forgot and to to the finer the finer moments that the lady went through uh, she was vacuuming up the front end of the school building which is closest to the road. Now, that whole school at that time was surrounded in entire bush, um, thick bush. Um, the closest coal mine at that time was at least a kilometre to two kilometres away, so it was just thick scrub all the way between that school and the coal mining area. Um, but she was up the front of the school vacuuming. Um, so after the vacuum went off, she'd walk down the other end of the building um, and this is where she had approached like, and, and seen this creature, as she told mum, in, in the building. Um, and in that direction, I feel, she was blocking its entry and blocking its exit um, because I believe it could have done anything to her, but it just scratched her. And it makes me wonder if it was just pushing her out of the way because... Mm. When I, when you when you hear how that that scratch landed on this woman, my I took a note here and it said that it was from the jaw to the shoulder, and mm. as I as I kind of like do a motion of like swiping down, I I kind of get that impression like it could have been just trying to push her out of the with, way with the run or, yeah. the, or the stepping through because they do have quite long arms as we are aware of. Um, and been known to have quite long arms, so being that push. But also, yeah, I think it possibly, you know, if you put yourself in a position, it, it would also scare it as well, thinking being in a really weird place because I feel see, all, there's doors at both ends of those buildings because um, even when I was a kid, I used to play around those buildings and we did a lot of BMX riding in that school as kids living not too far away from it. And there was always a door at one end of the building and a door at the other end of the building. Now, both doors were open. And when she'd approached down to the, the, the bush end of the building, that's probably the door that it had came through into the, into the classroom just to check things out, I would must 
probably say or have a look around. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like the the whole whole encounter is mind boggling because it's it's so rare to have a a Yowie encounter, but to have a, a Yowie encounter kind of come into you know your territory, like a building or or a house or something like that, is absolutely. I have no words for it, honestly. It's something that I've honestly never heard of when it comes to to the show. Maybe maybe once before, but for for it to kind of leave the bush and then come into into our world, so to say, and go into a building that it it would have known that there was other people in there. Yeah, or it would have visualized it because they have a lot of classroom windows. See on both sides of that classroom, all the way up. So possibly he's got a visualization of her at one end before he's gone gone in or something. But um, definitely that lady. Uh, it's a very sad story because she was never the same again. Um, she couldn't even be the same again to a family or her children. Well, I I could imagine because I mean the the fact that these these scratches were were so deep and the fact that they also had such a uh, I guess a, a a bloody effect on her that you you said that there was almost essentially pools of blood around where this this attack happened. Yeah, well, it's like one was a pool, a pool, and then a trail. You know, like the quick instant pressure of when the actual incident happened. Um, if you visualise, you know, coming instantly, this the skin opening, you get that rush of blood before it continues, you know, and levels out with a slower heartbeat. That's the sort of yeah pool, pool of blood you'd see. Um, but then as she'd run to the office, it was just streaky, you know, all the way through to the concrete trails back to the administration block. I couldn't imagine the the thoughts that were going through this poor woman's head when she saw this creature because you're face-to-face with something that isn't supposed to exist and this thing potentially is charging at you to, to get out of the way and you're standing in the only exit. I could, mm. I could imagine the terror that she went in. And from what you're saying here, she sounded quite traumatized about the oh, whole very, event. Yeah, she was very, um, she, she actually hadn't, did not get back to being the same. Like she literally lived two doors down from us and on the other side of the road. And eventually after three to six months or 12 months, the, the family moved on. Um, she never got back from hospital, so I think it mentally did affect her that bad. Um, it, it was just, you know, the, the family was never the same again. Um, separating, uh, you know, the children. I don't know whatever happened to the children, um, but they definitely couldn't be looked after by their mother at that time because she couldn't live at home. Yeah, it was definitely a, a serious bad moment for them. It really does go to show that the the cruel reality of situations like this have such a such a larger knock on effect than just being in that moment itself. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. I mean, it's got knock-on effect from me um, because you know, being a young kid, 10, 11 years of age, I was pretty cluey, uh, pretty smart fella. And it definitely, I used to ride bikes a lot in the bush and motorbikes. And ever since that moment through my life growing up, it definitely made me take more looks back over my shoulder than what I intentionally would have done, you know. I could imagine at such a young age, this would have been world-changing for, for, yeah. for such a young mind to witness such a traumatic event and then to to have the lady saying, you know, this was what it was. I could only imagine the, the thoughts that were going through your head. What was the, the reaction from your, your father in all of this? Oh, drinking a few cups of tea when he got home, I know that. Because he... <laughs> He was a hard worker. <laughs> he normally, uh, you know, goes to work sort of at the dot, six o'clock out the door every morning, and he was always in bed by 9.30. So, um, but he was up pretty late after 12 o'clock that night, and I know I didn't sleep too much. I just kept laying in bed thinking about it. It's all you can do is think about it until you you thought about it that much that you either talked yourself into believing it of what you heard and seen and what happened to you that night or you, you just fall asleep and move on you know the next day as a kid you know you forget things real quick being a kid but you wake up the next morning and it didn't actually hit me again until I was older and I was on my bike you know a year or two older and you, you're out in the bush on your own you know and then you do look around a lot more because those things come back to you so yeah it's uh, definitely hit me in a few ways. I know my brother is feeling the same way. I know he'd feel the same way. I'd definitely like to get in contact with him and chat with him about this again. What was your, your mother's reaction to this? Because this essentially happened in her workplace. Did she did she continue to work there? Was there, was there a massive change in, I guess, operations from this point forward? Uh, yeah, there, there was actually because they, they brought the work times back. So we actually, mum actually went to work at two in the afternoon just so that she could get there and then they'd start at three when the kids had finished school and then she'd clean till six or seven and they stopped cleaning at the, the late seven till 11 hours when everyone and every everybody was gone. So but, uh, after that, mum worked there for about six six months after that happening. And, yeah, that was it for, for, for her working there. Did she leave because of this this situation that happened? Uh, no, I think she left just to give it a rest. Oh, but, yeah, oh, I don't know whether it's what's, what's happened there, but, yeah, too, my mum got breast cancer. Um, most possibly from the chemicals and that using all the time, but and so did another lady got that breast cancer there. Um, so that's why mum had to leave because she had to go through breast cancer and um, successfully 
come through it well. And oh, that's fantastic! Then I was sorry yeah. to to hear it happen, but I'm glad she's come through. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, a long fight, but eating all the right healthy veggies and toxic toxic veggie diets really worked. And thinking positive mainly, I reckon. So, what was your mum thought? Your mum's thoughts about this whole situation? Did she? think it was did she think it was a yowie from the get-go because well she'd never heard of that sort of thing but she never heard of like a, a yowie creature you know in or even cared to think about it you know she was uh brought up over in england as a as an orphan and had to raise her two younger sisters at 11 years of age so it was everything to her was prim and you know prop everything had to be right you know so I don't think she really had that ever, probably possibly a conversation of it. But when she when when she actually this happened to her, um, it, it it did send her thinking. You know, I mean, she was one that was wiping the scratches down. So I definitely think it's had some sort of impact on her. Um, I know it did at the time. That's for sure. Because she was, she had to have a day or two off afterwards. I can imagine the the daunting feeling of having to go back into work and dealing with a a situation that you you're not quite sure what happened there, and with it being so traumatic, it would have been something that I could imagine it would only leave her with more questions than answers of what happened that night. Mm. Well, for a while, I know she took over because that lady uh, couldn't come back to work there. So she actually took over cleaning the administration block and that D block. And, uh, yeah, I think possibly doing that has conquered it a lot for her because being the supervisor of the cleaners, you know, you're going to jump on board when, when the decks get heavy, you know how it is, um, with like a staff, so... Yeah, I think it's like jumping on a horse, getting back, falling off a horse and getting back on it again, you know. But she, she did, it definitely affect her for a couple of days because for two days or a day or two, she definitely had that time off. Um, and that's when that new roster started. What was your dad's impression? Was your was your dad on the, on the side that, hey, that could have been a yaoi or was he pretty much in the same boat that completely unsure of what really happened there and kind of hard to decipher from what was happening to the with the woman who got attacked yeah uh dad was dad's very open-minded that way he, he you know he's a he was a big believer of you know only not even a third of the world's been explored yet so he's very open-minded that way um i think he did believe it was a yaoi um he never really spoke about it, and when I asked him about it, um, it went into the same category with him because my dad was a Freemason, and I would never speak to me about that either, as you know the way they had. But that was the sort of same category he put that in when I spoke about it with him. Um, I think he only did that for my benefit, though. Um, but yeah, my father's passed on now, but definitely it was one of those questions. You know, in the good sit-down time that I definitely wanted to ask him, that's for sure. It really is this terrifying encounter that I feel like is going to be essentially lost to time because without the 
without the news records or anything like that, and with it being so early in the in the eighties, you know, there's there's no real form of uh, quick communication. Um, you know, apart from a, a telephone call, um, it, it's not like it's quite an easy process to get this information out there. And newspapers would have been the, I guess, the real only outlet for that that type of information to really spread. Cross my fingers um, for for UK that if there's any of your listeners, you know, uh, right up there in the in the tech or the media that can get, you know, a hold of that sort of information um, from the Queensland Times and Ipswich, um, that would be, you know, that would be really good because I've seen that page and it wasn't a front page; it was inside the first or second page so I'd really like to see that again too but I know it's there um, but yeah I've never been able to get into those criteria where I can find it you know otherwise it's been as you'd say taken out which is a very good possibility Was there much buzz around the area about this attack because I know when something like this kind of happens in a in a region, it can it can kind of spread like wildfire. Was there was there any talk around town about what was going on? And and I completely understand that you were quite a young boy when this happened, but um, I feel it was um, more more of the talk that 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 I knew that was going on was around you know, all my mates, you know, like after school, and you know, when we would catch up with all our local neighbourhood friends and go bike riding in the bush and that's when we'd all, we'd bring it up me and my brother and we'd talk about it and you know and really they'd ask questions and that's that's the sort of you know because we have a few few friends at that age you know and a lot of there's about a good crowd of eight of us or seven of seven or eight of us in this we'd go right up in the bmx tracks in the bush which is just you know uh 500 meters in the bush from the school um, yeah, so but it was definitely well known in that area of uh, talking about because it was something that we brought up to make them realise, yeah, it really did happen. What, what we experienced and went down there to school really shook me up. <laughs> Seeing that scratch shook me up, that's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. And the thing is, Australia doesn't really have any type of wildlife that would do that type of damage to a person. I mean, if you you got on the wrong side of an angry koala, maybe. But and the only other th- the only other thing would be a, a black panther. But she didn't mention anything about you know four legs or anything like that. She was insistent this thing was huge. You know, it was tall. And she's she would only be five foot to five foot five. Um, so I could only impact it. Would be going seven feet. Being generous. Yeah, and for it to to have such a profound effect on her, it it had to be something quite quite emboding in in my mm. opinion. Yeah, it's um it it changed our neighbourhood because you know we used to always spend time with the kids and and that, and it definitely changed our way of life in our little neighbourhood street area with the homes, you know. Um, so that was definitely a experience that. Uh, I thought I'd share with you because uh, it would something that, you know, I can't just never forget. I can't just knock it out of my head. 
you know, you go on the internet and you you see the the pods and you hear some pods and it just brings it all back fresh to you. You know, the last 30 years I've been working hard, three kids, working full time. You don't just think about that sort of thing every day unless you get your own moments when you, when you really think about it. But um, getting the technology and everything now, it's it's great. It, it, it's, you know, as I said, you've helped me share it. I mean, it might might not be believers out there, but what my my uh, experience as a kid was something that, that I can't can't forget, you know. And, and that's exactly it. You know, you've had thirty years to to think this event over and over, and I'm sure you've done it hundreds, if not thousands, of times during that during those periods. Especially when you're on the own, on your own, on your own in the bush camping. Oh man, I could imagine your your mind runs wild there, and uh, the the hairs on your arms stick up every time. <laughs> it's uh, definitely definitely a lot more alert and enjoyable experience, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so over this time, mate, have you have you had to think about what the creature is in in the sense of like what the yowie is? Oh yeah, it's um, just wants to be left alone. I think I, mean, I think it pretty well much knows what we can do um it, like I, i've lived up at mount barney uh in a boat 160 feet off off a cliff um that that was turned into a living quarters it was a five five deck boat um my mother was there that day as well she woke me up um and she was she experienced a, a visual of a horrible thing going down the creek. That's what she called it, a horrible thing, grunting away. Um, so that was when I was, that was 15, 14 years, 15 years ago now. Um, and that, you know, it just, it just, they're just there. You know, they've got, they've got to be there. You can't, you can't close your mind to things, you know, that are, especially the amount of, as my dad said, the amount of time that we and exploration we've done to this Earth—it's not even really a third that's been explored yet. There's a lot of a lot of opportunity for things out there. Um, you know, the species that come in every day, the species that go out every day—we're um, still finding them. They're still coming. It'll only be a matter of time. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And you know, you just have to look at creatures like the the mountains uh, that. The mountain gorilla and the the panda, you know, these are only fairly recent discoveries of, you know, these these types of creatures, and you know, they just used to be folklore, and they're just everyday creatures now. And when you think about it, uh, people talk about a yowie or a bigfoot or a sasquatch. They're a lot closer to the human and human way of thought pattern if they're bipedal and walk on two feet than what you know these. And what those animals like a panda and that are, so you can understand how elusive they need to be. Really, what I really like about your encounter is that it is very much in the, I guess, in the realm of it being a flesh and blood creature. That there was a, a physical interaction with the creature, and it had a, a physical effect on someone, and that that physical physical effect was genuinely terrible but 
for 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 me and maybe for the listeners, you know, that that gives it a lot of credence that hey, this creature is is a physical being. Hmm. Mm. I think it it does, and it, and remembering keeping in mind that it, it doesn't live like us, you know, with the creatives that we got. It's it's all animal instinct. So obviously, if it's animal instinct and it's human, going to be one one sort of creature to really come across or find or, you know, and who if you, if you don't experience it in the right way, it can be a very horrible experience. But they feel, I believe, they don't have to do that because they have the bush. That's their, that's their, their protection. Do you ever wish that you saw the creature that night? Yeah, it would be nice, but it, was, it happened about, you know, half an hour to 40 minutes after we got there. Um, so yeah, it was just sort of a bit out of our reach, but, uh, that area is, it's so, even down the back of the school, um, there was always that one area down the back of the school when even us kids on our bikes or motorbikes, we wouldn't spend too much time down there. It was just a really weird, eerie area. And it was just this one area and we'd go anywhere else in the bush. We we could travel, but five kilometres, ten kilometres into the bush. Not a problem, but it was just this one area, weird, eerie area behind the school, right down in the valley, in the swampy area. Um, you'd never spend too much time there, even if you're walking through on your own, you know, along the, the dirt road. You'd, you'd be walking as quickly and as swiftly as you can, and that's actually it's probably the place where I started looking back all the time. After that, you know, I'd look back in that area. Um, it was just a real weird area. So those feelings you get, you don't ignore. They're, they're a real intuition feeling. And, yeah, uh, for example, um, uh, my brother was in a plane crash and he, I actually was crying and telling my brother what had happened before the phone had even rung that afternoon after school. Oh, wow. Um, and then my brother answered the phone as it rung two minutes later, and he was a, he was a, he's, he's a ranger, he's a redhead. And he actually, um, when he answered the phone, he actually went white. Uh, and, yeah, it was true. My brother was actually in a plane crash in, in Quilpie um, on the, uh, just, just northwest of Quilpie in a twin-engine Cessna. And he was he was the only survivor. That's incredible. That sort of that sort of intuition that's the that's the feeling I got when I walked through that bush, you know. So it made you look back. So yeah, it's, it happens to everyone. I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it. I think every person has this this almost a sixth sense that you know when you're in danger or you know when something is just not right. And I think yeah, as a as a person, you have to you have to trust that. That's your that's your gut instinct looking out for mm. you. Definitely save definitely can save you sometimes. That's for sure. Um, that uh, that experience there, uh, yeah, I uh, definitely <laughs> I held me me covers up to me my my uh, neck pretty tight that night when I did eventually get to sleep. <laughs> 
that's for sure. Well, Ewan, it's been great talking to you. That encounter, it really blows my mind. And I really do hope that uh, a listener of the show maybe has a, a clipping of that of that encounter from the from the newspaper or at least has a, a contact that may be able to to help out to find out some more information because if that was in the press and you remember reading it mm. it someone yeah, it's definitely it was definitely in Queensland Times newspaper that used to get delivered around the suburbs of Ipswich um that that's day after I just because it's so long ago for me too. I just can't give you the exact date, but I do know it was when I was ten to eleven years age. So it was would have been anywhere between September or you know August through to the next year into February. And but yeah, I don't know. There might be a search sub search engine out there for that media company where you can type that in and search for it. Um, or, you know, put a basic word in, but I just haven't been able to find that sort of thing. And I'll tell you what, mate, if anyone contacts me with some information on that, I'll be sure to pass it on to you because, I mean, this is something that was a a major aspect and a huge game-changing moment in your life, and it would be great for you to have that almost sense of closure that, yes, I've got a little piece of that history. Oh, that'd be great. It would. It really would. Um, as you said, it did put closure on it and it'd be able to well, pretty much put put the the sense there that, you know, what's what happened there I've shared with people and it's true. And they can see it's true, you know, and that's what that's what I just want. That'd that'd be lovely. You know? And that's gonna do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.